Hey, this is Nia Rose, and you're listening to Unsung Songs Down Under. Hi, and welcome to Unsung Songs Down Under. In this podcast, uh, and we are talking about music, the process, about the songwriting, and uh, today we have a fantastic guest with us. His uh, name is Neo Rose, and uh, he's an amazing singer-songwriter and a fucking great guitar shredder. Here is Neo. Welcome, Neo. Thank you, thank you. I'll take that. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. Yeah, that's great to have you here. So I'd go straight into it and uh, then we're going to have a chat, but I'd like to go and listen straight to one of your songs. And uh... Sure. So I'm, I'm happy to play either Kickstart Boulevard or It Isn't You. Either of the two are my most recent. Let's go with uh, Kickstart Boulevard. <laughs> Thank you. 
Wow, Neo, that was amazing. Thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you. So, this is just one of uh, the amazing songs that you can find. You can all find on uh, uh, YouTube or for the videos, but also on Spotify, I guess, Apple Music, and all other uh, outlets, right? Yeah, pretty much everywhere, as far as I'm aware. <laughs> so, uh, I watched your little video on uh, um, Facebook a couple of uh, months back, I guess. I was actually yeah. I was I watched it while I was refilling my uh, guest sitting there to go camping. I know it's wrong, but I was doing it. And uh, no. uh, <laughs> and you you said that you are actually um, you always wanted to make music, but you've been uh, inspired by uh, Jeff Buckley of all. Yeah, definitely. Um, especially with singing because i was a guitarist first i started guitar when i was about 11. um never considered singing never thought it would be on the horizon i always thought i would be in a metal band as i grew up <laughs> but when i went to university here in sydney um I, i found him through a friend that i studied with and it just changed my life i was like because mm. i have a quite a sort of a, a bit of a girly voice so to speak and um jeff has a very like high registered voice and it sort of incentivized me to take it upon myself to learn and give it a go. Wow, that's really, really amazing. So uh, you're a guitarist, I can tell that. I, I, I love your guitar <laughs> style, you're a shredder. Thank you, sir, thank you. Yeah, you can definitely hear the early metal influences, I think, <laughs> it's yeah. a bit weird. Also produce the music yourself. You write the songs, you write the lyrics, yeah. you write the music. So let's start first about the, uh, I would like to talk about the, uh, the production. Uh, the, the songwriting process and because uh, everyone has different ways and uh, um, well, don't know, what's your way of coming up with uh, a song? Yeah, so it always starts with an idea and I kind of just live it out because um, I have very little to no music theory like I don't use it when I'm when I write um, but what I will do is over over the years um, whenever inspiration strikes and I have an idea I will always record it and then upload it to my computer and put it in a little folder that I will then, you know, pick and choose at a later date to flesh out. And that's how it always works. Um, so it it's very also dependent on uh, the digital audio workstation that I use. I use Pro Tools. So I will, um, yeah, I'll put the idea in there and just play and often just sit down and see what comes of it chip away, get rid of what I don't like, add in something else, keep what I like, and it goes from there, really. Well, that's uh, actually quite interesting. You're, uh, you're using Pro Tools. Uh, I, How do you find it? Have you always used Pro Tools? <laughs> no, I have not always used Pro Tools. It was definitely um, sort of a, 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 forced, a, a forced passion on me through university. That was the, the digital audio workstation that we had to use and learn. Um, before that, I was on Reaper and I was considering Logic Pro, um, but Pro Tools is, it's in my blood now after going to university. <laughs> What did you study? I did an audio degree at the Australian Institute of Music for ah, three years there. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, last week uh, we interviewed, uh, had a chat with Wardabar. He's also coming out of uh, AIM, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, yeah, same era. Yeah, we were both there at the same time. Right, so you know each other. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen him a million times. Wow. So he was, that was a fun interview as well. Um, you should guy, you guys should go and check it out as well. Let's keep on to you. So you've worked on uh, uh, AIM. That's a very freaking 
great opportunity to be able to do AIM, I find. And uh, um, how was it? Yeah, yeah. So I had a great time. Um, using the facilities there was really beneficial and very life-changing for me. But the biggest part was the people that I met um, and the things that I found. Like, I mean, who knows how long it would have taken me to discover Jeff Buckley on my own had I not gone to uni and met the people that I did meet. So it was more about the connections and the experiences um, rather than the education, which was good. But um, I find that connections and your experiences will always trump all that sort of techie stuff. So you went to AIM, but you say that you have no musical, you don't know, you don't use musical theory. Don't they teach you yeah, musical theory? Yeah, I know. I, I avoid telling people. I, they probably wouldn't like me saying that. Um, thankfully, I mean, my excuse is I did the audio degree. Didn't really need any music theory, but... Um, It's not to go without saying that it would be helpful, but I just never really was too interested in learning it. But yeah. Yeah, I understand. I have the same. I, I, I keep <laughs> watching all these videos and trying to figure out uh, all these incredible uh, videos by Rick Beato. I don't know if you know him, if you follow him. Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. The, the theory god. He's very good. Yeah, I bought his book. I bought the Beato book as well. So, which is yeah. Rick Beato is a um, is a producer, uh, uh, and he's been uh, doing YouTube videos for uh, um, for a while. You might remember him or might have seen him because it made it became viral with uh, his son when he did a uh, um, perfect pitch video. So there was his son mm -hmm. was like six or seven looking into the camera and Rick Beato on the piano playing this old making chords up and he would tell them incredible crazy hey? yeah so I, I'm fascinated by the theory but I'm terrible at it uh, but, <laughs> uh, I would agree I would agree for sure yeah. same boat how many songs did you write do you think that you are happy of and uh, uh, how many did you put on did end up on the on the record and did the record did you produce the record at all Yeah, so I don't have an album. I have an, an EP, which has five songs. And weirdly enough, um, which is sort of, I don't know, very anti what the norm is with uh, making records and stuff. Most people have like a, a bunch of songs and then choose the ones they want that go on there. But with my EP, it was really weird. It was very different. I specifically wrote the songs to the EP. I had the whole idea and the concept in mind. And I sat down for like two and a half weeks straight and, and wrote the songs for it rather than pick them and put them on, on the album. Um, so yeah, that was weird doing that, but that's how the EP came about. Um, and yeah, I just kind of, when I, whenever I have an idea in mind, like a concept, I'll, I'll pick an idea for that and then write it to it rather than you know pick something um, that I already had out of a bunch, if that makes sense does make total sense i yeah. i procrastinate a lot i have dozens of songs i'll finished in uh, i use logic in logic and uh, ableton actually uh, as well but uh, I, i tend to procrastinate and uh, does it happen to you as well oh don't worry it does i can't like it's been a very long time since i've sat down and can remember when i've finished so many songs in a short period of time Yeah, it's, uh, it's hard work. How long did it take you to record it? The EP? Hmm. To record or to write, like write, record, have mixed and mastered and then Let's call the put away. Let's call the production process. Okay, cool. Um, so I would say those two and a half weeks for all five songs, two, two and a half weeks to sit down, write and, and record it. That's before mixing. 
and you play all instruments yourself? All except the drums. All right. except the drums. My engineer plays the drums, thankfully. So you you had someone helping you out while recording that? So yeah. So my um my mixing engineer Reese Sacker from Newcastle. He uh, runs Spinlight Studio there. He's also um, a session drummer, and I will hire him for all of my stuff. He just learns the parts and records it himself. But um, I will do everything else on my end uh, with a good friend of mine that I also went to university with. Let's go listen to Take Me Away by Neil Rose.
freaking guitar for me is really, uh, and the songwriting is definitely what I like. Totally stadium rock, I can see that. So, mm -hmm. what are your influences? What's the bands that you listen to when that bring that brought you to this uh, sound, which is obviously Neil Rose, but yeah, yeah. So, um, the, a band called The Darkness. I'm not sure if you know of The Darkness, but for me, that was the first album I ever had um, permission to land. And that changed my life, man. Like that was, um, even though I didn't start guitar till later on in my life, like that album was like the, definitely the catalyst for me starting guitar. Um, and as you were saying, yeah, that's a very stadium rock kind of album and it's a bit glammy. And that song, Take Me Away, I feel like it's just like screaming influence from them uh, in that one, <laughs> even vocally, because Justin Hawkins is a bit weird like that. He does his little ad lib bits here and there. Um, but yeah, that song in particular was a funny one because the main riff I actually wrote back in high school in my last year. Um, and obviously that song isn't released until what last year. Um, so I, I went and dug up that riff and the song is about being back in high school in my hometown. So I thought it was a kind of a full circle moment to go and dig up a riff from high school and turn it into a song about high school. So <laughs> it's just like, like I said, I do things a weird way. That's really cool. So where you, what's your hometown? My hometown? Oh, dangerous question. <laughs> I'm originally from a little town called Scone in New South Wales. It's a little south of Tamworth, um, northwest, very inland. Uh, I think it's the self-professed horse capital of Australia. It's where all the horse studs and races are. So you actually could have been a jockey, but... you decided. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> you gamble? Nah, nah, not quite, not quite. That's why I left, mate. <laughs> really good. So we're here with uh, Neil Rose. Uh, you gotta go and check him out. Best place to go to is either the Instagram or the Facebook page, and then just Spotify, Apple Music are, are the biggest streaming ones for me. Sounds really good. So okay, so you have an insane presence on uh, YouTube. Uh, pretty much every song has a video. Is yeah. Yeah, it's really incredible. And the videos that you have are really high quality, well produced and polished. Do you make them or you do them with someone? I do not make those. I also hire someone to do those for me. He's a very close friend of mine here in Sydney. Um, his name's Matt Bortolan and I met him when I came here. Um, yeah, so it's really lucky I met him in the music scene. Um, he's really good at that kind of stuff. Also a musician himself. Um, so I always get him to do the league videos. He's really good at all that kind of stuff. That's really cool. Do you have a day job? I do have a day job. Um, like most emerging artists, I think uh, we, we all have to have one. I work in retail. It's a, you know, you're standing sort of nine to five thingy. Um, retail by day, rock star by night is what I keep telling myself. So um, yeah, I do that uh, to finance the whole music thing. And I'm happy, man. You know, if I can continue doing that, um, you know, that's all I can really ask for. You're very aware of your fans and uh, mm. you have a you have a growing fan base uh, do you and, and you really have a high production it'd be interesting to me to know how you put them out if you put them out on Instagram TikTok what your presence is like and uh, how much of the time of being a musician does that take away yeah yeah so um I think it, the the musician in 2021 has to be very multifaceted like you have to be good at marketing you have to be good at content creating. You have to be good at music, obviously, all that kind of stuff, booking gigs and whatnot. So it's very hard, but obviously there's more reward to reap uh, in that regard. I'm still obviously learning and in the process of, of doing everything differently. 
Um, I'm currently, I uh, have a, a new song in the works that um, it's slowly been getting some traction. Um, I'm working towards a music video and all that kind of stuff, making it as big as it can be. Um, and amidst that, I'm learning new marketing things. So yeah, I do a lot of stuff on Instagram. Um, I'm going to start doing stuff on TikTok. I do a lot of stuff on Facebook. Um, but you pretty much just got to leave no stone unturned. Try everything and find out what works because I'm still doing that. And I find that's the best way to, you know, develop as an artist in 2021. I see a lot of people, but not so much. Uh, it hasn't happened yet. Are using uh, Triple J Unhearted. I have a couple of my songs on there, yeah, but I don't use it nearly as much as I should. I know it has a lot of potential. So as I was saying, that's also something to look into and, and look at working out more. Any a power tip for someone on Instagram or on Facebook? Yeah, so contrary to what I think is the, the normal advice, I'd say quality over quantity, you know? Um, I'd like to think, you know, I don't have heaps of stuff out, but the stuff I do have out, I'd like to think is really high quality. Because I mean, you stand out more if it's high quality, you don't get lost and have your voice go unheard. Um, but you want to be proud of what you look back on. And while you're always going to be embarrassed of, you know, your early days, um, try start ahead, you know, like be proud of what you're doing, be really critical and make sure that it's the best it can be. You don't have to be the best, but just make sure what you're doing is the best that it can be, if that makes sense. One power tip that I can get is if you put out uh, stuff that you're not very proud of, you can always put it as unlisted or private and keep it for yourself yeah. for reference. But uh, then uh, actually maybe take it out. That's I, something I agree on. All right. So I was wondering if you do you, if you feel like playing as a song. I can play you a sort of a stripped back version of um, one of my other songs called Lovers Come Around Again. It was out late last year after the EP. I can give that a go. Are you a gamer? I used to be a bit of a gamer. Um, I've got, I think, 300 hours plus on Skyrim, but it's been a while. So that's your kind of game? That's your favorite game of all time? Oh, not Skyrim. The, the predecessor, the um, Oblivion, was definitely my favorite game. Um, and I can attribute games a lot to um, my, my influence on music and, and all that kind of stuff because uh, games that I played when I was much younger, I really adored the soundtracks and I feel like it um, it influenced a lot of the way I write these days. Cool. So I think it's worth mentioning that um, a lot of my newer stuff that I have on the horizon is um, quite different to all my older stuff. All my older stuff isn't very indicative of the direction I'm going, I think, as I sort of evolve as an artist and come into my own a little bit. So don't be too surprised when you hear the new stuff. So I just thought I'd let you know of that little disclaimer. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to play a very stripped back version of uh, one of my older songs called Lovers Come Around Again. Um, and I've removed a whole bunch of uh, breaks and shortened it a bit just so it's not super repetitive. But cool. Here we go.
you liked it <laughs> that was really good thanks neil thanks man no worries hopefully it came through all right do your gig i do gig haven't for a good while due to um auntie covid but i did a lot in 2019 i'm currently rehearsing with the group well not currently since we're in lockdown but um a few weeks ago i, I was rehearsing a lot uh, with the live band that i play with and we had some that we were planning to do but um yeah, not currently due to due to our friend coronavirus. Was that your dog? It was. It was my my big fifty kilo Rottweiler in the background being very rude. <laughs> Shit, eh? <laughs> Does he come in yeah. to those songs as well? He is. He's um. I should mention he's a, a collaborative songwriter of mine. He's always here in the studio. <laughs> Sweet. If he likes the songs, then it's all good. Maybe the last thing that I would like to ask you is. If you do now that it's COVID, so uh, of course you're working, you have your day job and you're working on a production. Uh, do you do any uh, remote collaborations or uh, it's something you're just very interested on in your own, in your own thing? And, or do you do Yeah, like so I'm very sort of um, tunnel vision to doing my own stuff. Um, I'm very critical and, and melancholy and I'm, I'm very focused in my work. But um, I do jam and, and hang out with a lot of other musicians here and there, especially from AIM still. Um, I'll do a little collaborative Instagram video here or there, um, just because it's nice, you know. Um, I feel like music, it can't just be an individual thing, even though I'm a, like a singer-songwriter, solo artist. Um, you have to get out there and play with other people because that's what it's about. You can't do everything yourself. That sounds really good. I might ask you, maybe with success or without, to play, to shred something on one of my songs in the future. <laughs> for sure, man. I'd be happy to. I'm yeah. a sucker for some shredding. Although it's not what really what I do anymore. Um, I'd like to sort of uh, move away from the, the sort of shredder stereotype um, and be known as like Nero's the artist because I, I definitely, there's a lot of people out there that um, pin me just as, as the guitarist shredder. Um, and while I'll take the compliment, I definitely sort of, I'm looking to move towards just the, the, the full unit. Yeah, maybe I'll ask you instead to play some nice touch of guitar and uh, sing something along with me. <laughs> Not a problem, man. Happy to do either. This is and was Neil Rose. Incredible. And uh, you can find him on YouTube. You can find him on Instagram. On uh, You can find him everywhere. Uh, you heard him before. And you're going to find all the links down here. And you're going to find them in the description of the podcast. Neil, you want to say something to everyone before we go? Oh, I'd like to say a big thank you to you, Eric, for having me on. And um, don't lose hope, everyone that's currently enduring uh, this kind of shit show that we're in. Uh, we'll come out the other end and it'll be worth it. This was Unsigned Songs Down Under, not Sydney, Down Under. Make it bigger. <laughs>